Well, good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show on a Thursday night edition. Stay tuned for the Buddy Martin Show and podcasts. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. What if the voice calls while you're gone? Take a message. <laughs> Bye. Ready, I'm ready for this my whole life. I'm incapable of small talk. <laughs> but that's why you love me, right? Kind of intimidating to be in the presence of so many great athletes. Good evening. Welcome to a Thursday night edition of the Buddy Martin Show and Podcast. We got a show for you tonight. Stay tuned. Coming up in just a moment, we'll give you more details on how you can win four tickets, four tickets to this weekend's games, the Touchdown Terrace, which means you get food and parking. The parking pass alone is worth gold. And uh, we will tell you all about how to do that. Some of you know already if you've read the show precedes. Uh, and in just about a, two minutes, we're going to have an explanation from one of the mothers of a Gator player <clears throat> about the controversial tweet, which he wrote over the weekend. We talked about over the past couple of days, that would be Chauncey Gardner Johnson's mom. Who She goes by Patty online, but her name is Dell, Dell Johnson. <clears throat> I met Dell. I know Dell. She's a sharp lady. She asked to come on and be able to explain what she understood about the tweet, and we'll let you decide for yourself about that. Um, she has uh, been straight up with us all the all along, and there may be more to this thing than what you've been reading and hearing other places. So we asked her to come on, and she'll be joining us in just a moment. We taped this segment earlier today. Mark Long of the AP will give us his take on the quarterback situation. If there's any news on Kyle Trask, which we know he's out for the weekend, what who the starter is going to be, nobody wants to tell us. We'll keep guessing at that. And then the head ball coach. Steve Spurrier had quite a conversation with him today about the team, the crowd, the fans, the offense, et cetera, et cetera. And he had to be very careful about stepping on people's toes, but he was pretty candid about it. What do you thought? I asked him how he did it, why it worked, and also about his assessment of the quarterback situation, which he really couldn't say too much about, but he did give us honest answers. So he'll be talking to us in just a moment. So it's a busy night. And so you stay with us right here. We'll go ahead and let you hear from our friend today, uh, Dale Johnson, uh, who was on Skype. And uh, we asked her to, I read the tweet and I said, all right, here's the tweet, what was said, what was meant, and uh, let's go on record as trying to correct it as best you can. She, of course, didn't write the tweet, but she did step up and here's what she said. All right, out to the Red Star split screen, and I want to read this tweet. This came from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson last week after the game, after the loss to Missouri. People are something else. Every game this year, I gave it my all, y'all. 
thinking I'm shutting it down after a loss. Y'all crazy. Please keep the negative energy somewhere else. That tweet was misinterpreted and perhaps misread by some. I wasn't sure myself what it meant the first time, but when you reread it, you say, you hear he's saying, I'm not shutting it down. So it's a good point uh, to make on something like this. Is that blatantly different? So who better to go to than his mom, our friend Dell, who's online with us now. Dell, welcome to the show, first of all, and thanks for doing this. Tell us what happened on this tweet, what is it about, and what's the real story? Yes, thank you for having me, buddy. Um, well, absolutely, that tweet was definitely misinterpreted by a lot of people. Um, the tweet went out, but what people failed to realize was the tweet that came out before that. And the tweet that came out before that said, at the end of the day, it's a business. Got to do what's best for me and my family. So when he posted the second tweet, which is the one you just read, everybody assumed, oh, he's shutting it down, he's quitting, he's leaving this year, he's that, he's this, blah, blah, blah. And I was concerned because I'm like, wait a minute, nobody has talked to my son, but myself and my husband, his father. So where are you getting this information from? Um, what happened, a lot of people don't realize, CJ was injured in the game on Saturday. He injured his foot on Saturday, and he had to have an MRI on Sunday. So when he didn't go back in the game, you know, all the fans, where's Chauncey? Why isn't he playing? Oh, they're losing. He's giving up. He's quitting. No, that's not what happened. The tweet said... At the end of the day, it's a business. And the reason he put that tweet out there, because after the game, oh, you quit, you gave up on your team. No, whether we leave this year or whether we stay, he will be a senior next year, and he has to look out for the best interest of his future. And that is he has to make sure that he is healthy in order to play this year, the rest of this year, and next year, or if he does declare for the league. I don't know where that came from. We never said, we've, we've never put it out there to anyone that we're leaving. We are focused on football, and I hate that that, that tweet was misinterpreted. And, again, it's, it's social media. You know, fans say what they say. They take things and they run with it. And I never really addressed a lot of things anymore, but I felt this was important because it's important for people to understand my son see this stuff. And at the end of the day, when the kids see this stuff coming from Gator Nation, mm -hmm. the fans, you know, it's not a good look. For you know, it, it, it makes it makes them upset. You know, and at the end of the day, they're still kids. So people need to respect the fact that they are children, and they see the negative comments, they hear the negative stuff because it went from he's leaving, I don't blame him, to okay, go run, run like the rest of them, run like Coach Mack, run like this, run. It is. They got to be careful what they say. And that, that was something. And I do remember the first tweet saying this is a, shut it down to business. And by the way, as, as, as greedy as that may sound, mm -hmm. that is true. It is a exactly. business, a lot of money at stake here. And exactly. I totally get the fact that when you have a chance to make millions, you don't want to lose that opportunity. So even though right. Gator fans don't want to hear that. But anyway, listen, thanks for clarifying this. Give right. us a quick update. What's the injury status of Chauncey? Uh, and how do you feel about what's going to happen on Saturday, given that now Kyle Trask has a broken foot and won't play quarterback? Okay. Um, well, I get a lot of inbox. Oh, what's going on with Chauncey? And even though I am the mom, um, of course, obviously, I have the information. I still try not to overstep my boundaries, and I wait for Glad the coach. You. you know, out of respect for the school, I wait for the coach to release that information. Um, he was injured. I will say this. It is not a season-ending injury. Good. It is not. Um, 
Coach uh, Mullen has put the depth chart out there for this weekend. As you see, Chauncey is on the list for this weekend. Um, now, how much he will be utilized, that I'm not sure as of yet, but it is not a season-ending injury. He did have an MRI, and I will let the school, you know, disclose whatever information they want to about that. Um, but as far as Saturday's game, um, you know, that's another big thing. You know, everybody is so – I keep hearing – oh, this is Coach Max Smith. I keep hearing that. But I also want Gator Nation to understand something. This is the same coach that took us to the SEC championship game two years ago. Twice. With the same players that are on the field right now. Um, We have a new coach. You know, how many of them have bought into the program? I'm not sure. But I will say this. Last year, it was a lot of stuff that happened. So a lot of the kids shut down, and the mixture last year, it was horrible. Um, I still have the utmost respect for Coach Mack and the coaching staff that was there. I am a parent of a player who played up under that coach, and I would never say anything bad about either coaching staff. But I will say this. What people have to realize, yes, we have a winning record now. We're doing well. We also did well when Coach Mack was there the first year. We went to a championship game, and we also won enough to have a very amazing bowl game, which my son was the MVP of. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just want everybody to realize that these kids are trying. The business part of it, they have all went through a coaching change. They're all now trying to figure out different, you know, you got some kids as CJ being one that's in a totally Mm -hmm. different position that he was in for the last two years. Mm -hmm. They have a totally different program that they're running. So, you know, it's not going to be 100% 100% the right. first year. I'm sorry. I don't care who it is. Gotcha. Being a parent, I see it. So as far as Saturday, I, my heart goes out the cow. You know, the kid cannot catch a break. His parents are amazing. Um, and Kyle and, and, and I'm sorry, Terry and Michael Trask, I love them dearly. Um, I'm praying for a speedy recovery for Kyle and that he bounces back next year and does amazing. Saturday, the same thing with Felipe. He's learning a new program, a new style. And you know what? People really pay attention to it. Felipe's stats outside of Saturday, he's not having a horrible season. Mm-hmm. His stats look mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah. So you know what? I just need Gator Nation to stand behind us when we win, and I need Gator Nation to stand behind us when we lose. There you go. <laughs> so, well said. Well so, said. That's all I want. That's good. all I want. Dale Johnson, yeah. thank you so much for your insights, yeah. and we wish you, we wish Chauncey all the best. Absolutely. Uh, and- Thanks very much to Dell for coming on the program. Appreciate that. It was, you know, uh, look, this is not a whining parent, okay? This is a, a woman and a mother who wants to clarify. Of course, she sees it from Chauncey's position, and but I do think she's right. We we probably read a little too much into that, and uh, and so uh, uh, it's good. I mean, I admire. We always complain about people not giving us information. I mean, here's a woman who stepped up. She wasn't a whiny parent. She told what she knew to be the truth. Uh, and she did it very well, and she informed us. Now, you don't get information like that just any place. Where we're very blessed and fortunate here at GNK is that we get parents of players like Dell Johnson, like Michael Trask, and on and on and on. There are people who watch this show and go online and trust us because they don't think we're a bunch of yahoos ready to try to burn somebody or stick it up, you know what? Uh, we do criticize, we're fans, 
But I think they know we're trying to give people a fair shake. So appreciate that very much. That was great. Yeah, right. You, uh, Christine said, love her. And she was very, very good. Um, and by the way, David Reese is on here. Let me mention too. Well, thank you for David and other parents. So parents, if we ever get it wrong, you let us know. All right. And we'll be glad to hear your side of it because we're not out here to show people up, make them look bad. All right. We're having to get accurate information. I got to tell you, uh, <clears throat> you, you just got to understand we don't get information from the University of Florida. And there you are. There's, there's Petty Johnson, who is Dell. She goes by Petty. Uh, I got the parents back. Thank you, the Buddy Martin Show. Well, okay. Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's how we're, and thank you, David Reese. I agree, Buddy Martin. There you go. So, okay. We're trying to establish trust and trying to show people that we understand they're humans. Um, and, um, you know, and nice comment here about Quentin Cruz. Uh, thank you for Quentin. You know what? That makes me feel really good because we've all tried, including our, our G and K people, Lynn Tindall, Nat Blaylock, and oh no, who done such a terrific job of trying to get it right. All right. Not kind of pat us on the back. We want to be good people. All right. We want to do the right thing and we want, and by the way, if for some reason something happens tomorrow and Dan Mullen screws up badly numerous times, we'll be right there talking about it. We're not going to dodge it. It's obvious, but we are going to try to give people a fair shake. All right, enough of that. Thank you very much again, Patty or Adele. And let's do this, and we'll come back, and we'll see if we can get a hold of, find a way to give these tickets away, and uh, we'll talk to Mark along as well. So uh, let's do this. Job-related accidents create incredible stress on your finances, your relationships, and most importantly, your sense of well-being. When the adjuster is not approving benefits you're entitled to by law, you need Dan Hightower to help you understand all of your legal options. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. Call Daniel L. Hightower today to better understand all your legal options. 352-629-7777. Daniel L. Hightower, lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. Boy, I just came back from a great meeting. I can't wait to tell you about it. Uh, on the Scott Brantley Trophy, which is just going to be terrific. Had a meeting last night at a quarterback club. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, I'll let you know more about it, but it involves uh, an award to a high school player in the six-county area named after the great Scott Brantley. He was the greatest high school football player ever to come out of here. Speaking of great, this guy is great in his own world, in his own mind. Eh, he's pretty good, too, all the way around. <laughs> Uh, that would be the voice and laughter of one Mark Long from the Associated Press. Mark, good evening. Hello. How are you guys? I'm good. We just had a little message from uh, Chauncey Gardner's uh, Johnson's mother, and she did quite well. And uh, what we did, this is a little different media. You're, you're, you know, you're the kind of guy as I once was who, you know, we're about hard, hard news information. It's really hard to get information. You know that. But we have found a little different here with some of the parents who come online just now, a couple came on, and said, look, if we got it wrong uh, and you want to come on and tell us where we're wrong, we'll be glad to correct it if we're wrong. And we had a nice message from, from Chauncey Gardner, uh, Johnson's mom, Dale, and anyway, it's a different kind of thing. But that's just what we've been doing today. And tonight, tonight, if you were, you know, if you didn't have to go to the game to work, you'd be eligible to get four tickets with parking and a meal, man. But since you have to go to work and get a free sandwich, public sandwich, you don't need that, right? 
<laughs> Sounds like a good deal. Yeah. Hey, Mark, uh, what a week, huh? Uh, news, 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 stuff going on. Where were you when you heard about the Kyle Trask injury, and uh, and and what did you what did that make you think of? Yeah, I was driving home from uh, the Jags on uh, Wednesday. It's a big NFL day, so I was over there covering the Jags, and I uh, you know got a heard from Thomas Goldcamp, who texted me and just said, "Hey, this is you know I'm hearing this, and you know just heads up kind of thing." And so you know you start working it from that angle, and you you know and then. Uh, you know, you go from there. So, uh, you know, I, I was surprised. I mean, obviously uh, disappointed for Kyle Trask. I mean, nobody, you know, guy looks like he's going to play. And nobody wants their season to end with a practice injury, you know, on a trick play, no less. Um, but, uh, yeah, so disappointing for him. Disappointing for Florida fans because I think they, you know, had seen enough of Felipe Franks and wanted to at least at this point in the season what is – now officially not a lost season but certainly a um you know a re a building season i think at this point you can start playing for for 2019 let's see you know some of the younger guys let's see what you got kind of thing moving forward and uh i think a lot of people were were ready to see kyle trask and rightfully so you know we've seen felipe franks now for 20 games and everybody kind of thinks they know what, what they're getting, a guy who has regressed and a guy who doesn't look like he's got this unbelievable upside that we thought he had two years ago. Yeah, well, there you go. I feel badly for for him, the young man who has not started the game, and here he was about to start his first game, and he has a freak injury, and uh, that was unfortunate. Now, the way he got it was even stranger. And I was talking to your friend uh, last night, uh, Edgar from the Orlando Sentinel about uh, this, and he said, uh, "I said, well, he was going to start his first game." He says, "Well, how do you know that?" I said, "I don't know that, but I'm going to assume he wasn't back there running trick plays, you know, to be not to be number two. You know, I would, I would think he they had him in line to start him, and I think he deserved it. Do you think he would have started Saturday? Uh, you know, that's a tough one. It's funny. I thought the same thing when you said that. I was like, "Oh, did, did I miss something? Did I?" Does somebody know something that I didn't know? I think that Dan Mullen on Monday made it pretty clear that him and Brian Johnson had talked about the 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 snap count breakdown in practice, and that they were gonna they were both gonna get reps. That both of those guys were, it was gonna be instead of ninety ten or eighty twenty, it was gonna be closer to fifty. And so to me, my thought was when I heard about the him injuring, you know, getting injured on a trick play, I thought, you know, my first thought was, oh, man, he was going to start. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it was just that these two guys were both running all the same plays to be familiar with them because Dan hadn't decided who he was going to start or was considering alternating them. I mean, he also said Monday that, uh, you know, I, he would he might play two quarterbacks or three so i thought also i thought you know what you know maybe he doesn't know when he's going to call that play or who would be in the game when he called it so they're both equaling reps on on everything that they can on in the playbook and during the week so uh so i'm less i'm not necessarily convinced either way but i'm uh i'm not certain until we talk to dan mullen and and who knows what you know? What at that point do you can you admit that 
Trask was going to be your starter. Well, you don't have to now. You don't need to now. Yeah, yeah, at this point, you probably, the right thing to say is, hey, Felipe was going to start. We had decided on Felipe. Or we hadn't made a decision. Um, you know, whatever. You know. Yeah. We've yeah, not, exactly. not given up on Felipe or whatever. Yeah. So it gives I, him a better I don't position. Think you, the smart move would, yeah, I don't think the smart move would be to say. You know what would be really funny? If he, if, he, if he lit it up for four touchdowns in, you know, on Saturday, that would be really something, <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, the way this thing is going. It would. And it, it, would, <laughs> and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't stun me by well, any means, especially yeah. against, you know, South Carolina's defense. Yeah, with no safeties, yeah. Gonna go deep, yeah. Well, this has been a bizarre season. I mean, six and three. And if I said to you, which three teams would they lose to at this point in time? You might have got Georgia, but you wouldn't have got the others, Missouri and Kentucky, when the season started. But so it's been bizarre in that regard. Here's another thing that's been talked about a lot this week on the show, Art. And and you're pretty, uh, you're very neutral and observant about this. You've been around the program a long time. Uh, and this whole thing with the, and I don't want to get too esoterical about this thing, but this whole thing with the crowds. Unquestionably, Gator fans are not turning out. Let's just say that. And they have it for a while, and you can blame it on whatever you want to. There's a litany of reasons you could put down there, not the least of which is McIlwain and what happened there. But if you really are honest about it, and you look at it globally, I know that sounds like a funny word, but look what's happened to campuses all over the country. And I've said this numerous times on the show, could it be that maybe the campus, maybe the student body is changing dramatically? They're not so much into things like football, maybe soccer, maybe something else, you know. Maybe they're more international. Football is a brutal sport. Maybe it's lost, although the ratings are up in college football. Maybe it's not as easy to embrace a violent sport as it once was, like when you and I were in school. And maybe it's just not held in the same esteem. So you look at that and say, okay, 7,500 students, right? And a lot of them are not coming to the games. And the crowd is coming late, leaving early. And the remark that Dan made on Saturday, I don't know how it struck with you, but it felt to me like it was the wrong time to start. Did he say it Monday? I think he said Saturday. That the, which comes first, you know, you have to fill the stadium first winning championships. I don't think that's right. I know some other coaches who coached in the SEC who don't think it's right. And I know people have told me, go back and look at the early days of the 90s. They certainly weren't winning national championships then. They were winning the SECs, and they had a waiting list. Uh, you know, and, and, and so, anyway, my question to you is, that what did you make of that remark? Was this the time to say that? And is there an issue there that we really haven't talked about? I mean, you, yeah, it's a, it's a lot to get into for sure. I mean, you, well, you got five minutes. Broad, you know, broadbrushed a lot. Yeah, you had a lot of things there. I think, uh, I th- clearly, I think he was frustrated with the crowd, and uh, and rightfully so. I thought the student section was a pretty pathetic showing uh, at the beginning of the game and at the end of the game. And, um, you know, so, you know, and even during the game, I don't, they never really filled up. It never got to, you know, even close to 90% capacity on that student side of the, of the stand. So I think Dan Mullen was frustrated with, with what showed up in a, in a still a, an important game in the swamp. You hadn't, you hadn't had a home game in a month. You would think people would show up. It wasn't a noon start. It was a four o'clock start. And you're just, you're probably expecting different results there. Uh, and he had spent a lot of time 
uh, in the off season, uh, trying to, you know, energize the fan base, especially the students. He went from sorority to sorority, fraternity to fraternity, running on campus with the ROTC program. Uh, he made a real concerted effort to get these guys to know him and buy in and, and understand that they are as big a part of the turnaround as, as the football players. So I think from Dan's standpoint, he was frustrated and disappointed in the turnout. And I don't have any, I don't, I don't think he has any, I don't have any problem with it, with him being disappointed. I thought his message probably came off as pretty harsh. And, uh, I, I don't think I had a big problem with that either. Oh, I, you know what I did have a problem with? I had a problem with how he backtracked on Monday. If mm. you're going to say it and that's what you believe, then own it. Then, you know, stick behind it. And for, he took a total about face on Monday. Two days later, and to me, it looked like a guy who had, who had, somebody had gotten to him. Maybe Scott Strickland, maybe you know somebody else. Uh, probably Scott Strickland said, "Listen, you can't be out there in year one bashing the fans after ten the ten years of darkness that this program has gone through." So that's a me, good that phrase. Ten years, like ten years of darkness is a very good. That sounds like the, that should be named like the golden era. The, <laughs> the golden era, ten years yeah. of darkness, is good, perfect. But you're right. It, it's not a Florida problem. This is a college football problem that that scan that, that spans, you know, from Miami to Eugene, and you know, from Maine to to Southern California. It's everywhere. This is Alabama has the same problem. And I think, I think they, Florida has a plan, a long-term plan to fix it. And it's going to be to reduce capacity in the swamp and, re, and the, the missing seats are going to come out of that student section. I think it's, is it 80,000, is it 8,500 now or 8,000 student sections? I don't know. Student somebody help me out. I, I think 7,500, but somebody online will tell me here in a minute. I thought it was, I thought it was 85. Yeah, but, but people are online um, all the time to keep he, us up to date. Yeah, either way, I, I think that's where you're going to, you know, you're going to see the swamp, a smaller swamp with chairback down the road. And, uh, to me, the, a big chunk of that's going to, of those ex, those seats they're going to take out are going to come out of the student section and you're going to decrease supply and increase demand. And then all of a sudden, maybe those guys, uh, will, will fill the stands. I tell the story, uh, I've never written this, but I, I tell it occasionally, mostly to my Florida fans. You got a minute for this one? In 1995, uh, Florida, Florida State, big game in the swamp. Well, student tickets were sold out. I got, I was my first year on campus at a, after serving in the military. Uh, I didn't get season tickets that year, so it was like I was getting the scraps. I would have to buy the tickets when they were returned. Tickets weren't picked up. We'd go on sale on Friday. They put up a thing on on uh, Thursday night. Here's how many tickets are available beginning Friday morning at 8 a.m. Well, anybody who had to pick them up knew you had to get there early. Well, that was a huge game. I went. We went to get in line at midnight the night before. Police cleared the scene. They wouldn't let us camp out for tickets. They said, come back in the morning. Okay, so I get up at 4.30, go over to campus, and now there's already people there at 5 a.m. There's 13 tickets left, by the way. 13 tickets had been returned. So you got to be one of the first 13 in line to get the ticket that opens at 8 a.m. to buy a ticket. So literally the cops said wouldn't let us. They had all these borders up. They wouldn't let us go get in line at the ticket window. They Holding us at bay, we're 
you know, out in the, you know, hanging out in the woods. It's dark. It's cold. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, this cop turns at like 5.55 a.m. and says, okay, go. And, like, there's hundreds of people. So we just make this mad dash for the ticket window. I fall down head first. I get tripped from behind, fall down head first toward both uh, knees in my sweatpants. Oh, my gosh. Managed to get up, still running. Now, again, I'm a young man at this time, young, young guy, and uh, still running, and I – you know, just cram into line. We get into a line. They start counting back. I'm number 13. I'm like, are you kidding me? Fell face first, still got up, was number 13. So now I got to sit there for two hours, buddy, and make sure nobody cuts me in line hmm. or else I lose my number 13 ticket. You want one of those suckers pretty bad, man. You know, just... <laughs> well, everybody did. Look, I know. That was, that was how it rolled. 13 yeah. tickets were returned. They got hundreds and hundreds returned every single week this, this year. Yeah. Uh, and now that's just the way it is. I mean, there's just no there's no football, love for football. There's no yeah. demand like that nowadays. And it's just a different just a different environment. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, you're right. Uh, I know people in football at other schools who came to the swamp early on and couldn't believe the passion of the fans and the way they were selling out the stadium in the early 90s. Now, they started winning SECs, but they weren't winning national championships until 1996, and Gator football had been through a rough patch with all the probation and stuff in the 80s. You remember all that stuff going on, Charlie Pell uh, and Galen Hall, what have you. And, uh, you know, there was no guarantee that Spurrier was going to do this. So I, I know that football people have told me and told Spurrier, that back in those days, this was amazing how these people flocked to the stadium. They couldn't believe the passion they had. They weren't winning champ. They weren't filling the stadium first, right? They didn't fill the stadium first. I mean, they were. You, you, it's chicken or egg. Do you have to fill the stadium before you deserve right. a championship, or do you need to, you know, prove yourself? And I know it's a different way today. I just was curious about that comment, and Dan said it a couple of times. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. I know why. Sure, he wants to sell. So I get that he wants to fill up the stadium, but if he's counting all the students, he's probably not going to get it. Yeah, misguided. I think. I really think that comment because I, I agree with you that put the product out there that people want to come see, and they'll come see it. Put a winning product out there, and they're going to come. Uh, they're not just going to come because you say come. And especially in, in this environment right. and after 10 years of this offense, they're right. just not going to do it. Right. And you don't have to give them any reasons because they can go home on a 60-inch screen with a colon and sit there and not pay for parking. I had a friend of mine who bought a parking pass. I'm about to give away a parking pass and four tickets. He bought a parking pass to Jacksonville up there. You know what that parking pass costs for the game? $100. Three hundred and seventy-five dollars. Wow! Wow! It was four rows, five yeah. rows out, but it was right in the in the press parking where we were, and uh, whatever that was, lot P or whatever, that's where it was. Yeah. Three hundred and seventy. That didn't include wow. the tickets, man. I mean, I'm uh, so sell mine next year. And really? I mean, it's amazing. Well, you walked by, <laughs> you saw where we were, you passed us. We were sitting there yeah. tailgating. Huh? Yeah, it was right next to us. So you you had that and the price of the tickets. And the income, and sometimes the weather is hotter than blue blazes. If the product's not very good, and you say, 
It takes me an hour and a half, two hours to come and go. So you say, now, is this really worth it? Or should I sit home or the cold one for eight dollars, you know, and drink a six pack or whatever? I mean, you know, it's crazy. I don't know what a six pack costs anymore, but I'm just throwing a figure out there. So I don't know. Right, well, so people just don't want to commit to the eight yeah. Hour I get day, it. I you get know, it. The, the, the tailgating and yeah, the four hour. Game. You're right. It's, it's a time. A and, and and families are different, and young fathers are different than they were when I was young. They you know they're expected to take some household responsibilities and. Two with working families, uh, they've got duties to do with the kids, and it's a different world. Anyway, let's not get too philosophical. Finally, what happens? Give yeah. me your best case scenario. You got to make a decision for your life. Who starts? Who starts? Who starts at quarterback? At quarterback? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it's I think it's a slam dunk that it's Frank's at this point. I you got to believe that Dan Mullen doesn't want to burn Emory Jones's red shirt. You got to believe that Dan Mullen. Went into practice this week with a two-man yeah. race. All right, that was the easy Frank. one. Yeah, it's not what I yeah, meant to say. What I meant to say to you was not who starts, but will we see Emory Jones? That's the question. I, I don't. I don't think. I think here's what here's what I think. I think you're going to try to get him in the Idaho game, so you you, you pinpoint that one next week, mm-hmm. and then at this point, I don't think you can you you, you play him here. And then you're wanting to get him in the Idaho. Then what happens if Frank gets hurt at Florida State? What happens if Frank gets hurt in the bowl game? Then you ha- you're forced to play Emory Jones, and now all of a sudden he's played five games, and you you burn the red shirt. So to me, mm-hmm. I look at it and I go, uh, I definitely don't think you play Emory Jones this week, and mm-hmm. maybe you don't even play him against Idaho now, for fear of what happens if Frank gets hurt even for a play or yeah. two against Florida State, or even for a play or two or a drive or a series against uh, against whatever bowl game they end up. All of a sudden, you gotta have, you almost got to have those final two games, Florida State and the bowl game, as as these are the two games Emory's going to play because, because he might have to play those games. So I think you go into this game yeah. and you go in, the last thing you want to do is put Emory Jones on the field now and then he's got one game left over the yeah. final three games, and you know you just never know. Right? Do you know if the bowl game? If the bowl game counts. Counts or is it two games plus the bowl game? No, nope, it is four, four games total. Toys. All right, so you got to make a decision. Period. So if you well, win you, the bowl game, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, you kind of want your if he's the quarterback for next year, he'll be starting in the bowl game by then. You know, it's going. The math is going to be interesting. So, yeah. Listen, I appreciate your time, Mark. Um, I always feel like I'm in a cockpit when I look at your picture on screen, like. Uh, <laughs> Did you ever fly, by the way? Did you ever fly? I, well, yeah, I flew with. I, I no, I know you flew Thunderbirds. But did you ever fly yeah, an airplane? Yeah, that's flew with the Thunderbirds. I did not fly in the Air Force. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I was. I, I did satellite command and control. Uh, did a lot okay. of remote stuff, okay. but uh, got up in planes, but did not actually do flying guess. myself. People were asking what you did in the service. Heard you talking about it. They were saying thank you for your service and thank you for your time thank and your you. information. Appreciate it, man. See you Saturday. Anytime. All right. Thank Sounds you. Good. Okay. All right. All right. Mark Long. Um, Mark does a, Mark's always, uh, you know, uh, candid. He's honest. Uh, gives you the facts as he knows them. Occasionally he'll have a, a little controversy, like when he said on one radio show that Jim McElwain is like talking to a used car salesman. And a couple of my used car salesman friends got mad. I'm just kidding. But he did say that. 
All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, let me tell you this. This is what you need to know. All right, and we got judges for this. Let's go nameless. Somebody's going to score. All right, maybe even the Gators. All right, there they are. That's the actual tickets. You can look them up if you want to. There they are. I don't know the rows and stuff. You can look at them. They're the right there. That is the ticket. Those are four of those in the Touchdown Terrace area. There's the parking pass I told you about on the left. And that's the kind of parking pass I'm telling you that they pay $375 for in Georgia. And you get to go and Touchdown Terrace and eat. Okay? That's what you get. Thank you to Center State Bank and Tom Ingram for that. Uh, I don't know many shows where you get that, but I'm just blessed to have some good friends and good sponsors. So be sure and thank the Center State Bank folks and Tom Ingram for that. And what we're going to do, we've had a good number of comments. They don't have to be complimentary. That's not going to get you anywhere. Just cogent, interesting, thoughtful, maybe funny comments. We're going to narrow them down to about three by tomorrow. And when the noon, the show starts at 11 o'clock tomorrow, it's football Friday. By that time, by the time we've gotten down to the last 15 minutes, our, our panel will have uh, picked the winner. And that person will win these tickets based on your comments. Uh, and there's no limit to what you, how many times you can enter. Uh, you put your comments right here and say, 30 words or less, stay loyal to the kingdom. What is it? Okay. So, um, anyway, that's the deal on that, and um, you will be, uh, uh, gonna, somebody's going to have a nice day, and uh, and thank you again to uh, the folks at the Center State Bank, all right? Uh, am I doing that wrong, Brendan? So, I'll do something different here. Anyway, yeah, that's the deal. Um, all right, meanwhile, let me tell you about a couple other things. I've got Coach Spurrier up next. I want to tell you about Grinders for Men. Uh, this is a this is a, an institution here around here. I mean, you can't really do Christmas in our town if you have a man in your life or a young man in your life, if unless you go buy grinders. There's always a box under the tree or a bag that says grinders on most people. Now, I'm not going to kid you. It's not Walmart. You know, the prices aren't the same, but they're reasonable. It's also not unreasonable, and the quality of the work, the quality of the people in the store. They are very, very content and intent on helping you find what you need, but also not afraid to give you advice. I mean, one thing I hate to do is go into a men's store and people try to sell me. A, this is really good here. This will look good on you. I don't want to hear that. This, let me say, hey, I want a suit like I have a blue, a blue shirt to go with it, maybe a tie. I mean, I don't buy suits every, every year, but I'm just saying. Or, hey, David, I'm looking for a really good long sleeve shirt, or something with, with patterns on it. Uh, and he said, well, there's Peter Millar's over here. It's a little pricier, but here's the one over here. They have a nice bunch of dress shirts, and they did a, do a really good job of ordering their clothes from They dressed generation after generation after generation of people in Ocala and the area. Billy Donovan used to get all his ties from here. Um, and uh, so there's a very uh, good chance you'll find something you like. I tell you, if you go, you'll like the people, you like the store. It's located in downtown Ocala. 405 East Silver Springs Boulevard. It's uh, been an institution in Ocala since 1962. And uh, go check it out. We'll be talking more with David and Brandon. We'll head down there maybe and get a little video of the place and uh, chat a little bit. They're big sports fans. David, very big in the Ocala tip-off club, which, by the way, is up now. If you want to join, you still can. i got information on that. 
Gratis for Men, Ocala Institution, since 1962. And one more for you. Again, I told you about the tickets, uh, and there is the place, Center State Bank, right there. Uh, that's my bank, and it's my bank because they're, as the sign says, centered on community and customer service. In addition to giving away tickets like they've done, beautiful tickets and parking pass and what have you for this weekend for somebody, uh, they also have this a beautiful facility, which if you if you go down there and research it and do the right things, you have the opportunity to maybe get your meeting or your your you've had weddings in there. They've had uh, art, lots of art art shows in the art gallery, second floor. That second floor up there, we've watched parade the Christmas parade from there many times. It's really quite a beautiful building, and it's full of people who know how to run a bank. Their core values are they're locally market driven. They have a long term horizon. Uh, on all of their their, their business dealings. Uh, the relationship bank is important with faith and family and world-class service. There are 82 locations in 30 Florida counties, probably more by now. I've got to check that. And you can check it out. Go to centerstatebank.com. Find out one near you. This one is near me. It's on Silver Springs Boulevard in Ocala. You can call at 352-368-6800. Ask them about information regarding an account, savings, or whatever. Uh, and you'll be glad you did tell him Buddy Martin told you to call. Okay, we're going to do this now. Let's see. We talked to the head ball coach today. He's in a good mood. Didn't have a whole lot of answers about what to do about, you know, the situation. But he's got an opinion, and he did offer it. Never wanted to back off, all right? And uh, so Coach Spurrier was asked, what's the deal? What do you do? How do you, how do you resolve this issue? And what would you have done? Out to the hotline to talk to the head ball coach and the ambassador consultant. Uh, and for all Gators, it's been a tough couple of weeks uh, watching our team play. Uh, a few bumps in a row, but coach, that comes with the territory sometimes in a game of football, doesn't it? Yeah, you have your ups and, ups and downs, buddy. Uh, as coaches, we always hope our team improves as the season progresses. And obviously, uh, after that LSU game, we've, we've not, uh, we've gone the wrong way probably. But we got time to get it back. Got time to put a winning streak together. So this is an important game with South Carolina. They're very, very capable of beating us. And they've won uh, a bunch of high scoring games. And I don't know if we get into a high scoring game, uh, yeah. if we're ready to get there with them. So, uh, maybe we hope it's about a 24 to 17 game in our favor, something like that. Mm. But again, uh, hopefully, uh, our, our offense will get going a bit better, and uh, even the defense ha- had a lapse uh, the last game. But uh, every week's a new week, so let's get out there and pull for the Gators at noon time here this Saturday. Coach, uh, uh, it, it's tough out there right now, and uh, to find those wins. And Will Muschamp now scratching out a big win over A and M. Uh, it looks like he's coming to the swamp with mud in his eye. He wants to win, obviously. A lot going on there. So this is a battle of your two uh, former uh, programs. And uh, I know you know Will, and I know you know Dan pretty well. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this thing turns out. Will, of course, is the defensive expert, and uh, Dan is the offensive guy. So how do you size this game up with these hurt safeties and with the quarterback situation changing after Kyle Trask's injury yesterday with a broken foot. Now you have to make a change there. Yeah, I tell you what was sort of interesting, buddy. Uh, a young lady with CBS uh, 
did an interview with me uh, this morning uh, to run a little bit about the alliance and a little bit about South Carolina and Florida. Uh, but she she said, uh, your game's here in the swamp. Uh, what would your last one or this, that, and the other? I said, well, interestingly, I won my last game in the swamp, but I was coaching in South Carolina That's right. in 2014. And as a coach here, we only lost five in 12 years, but one of them was in the last one against Tennessee, yeah. which was a heartbreaker because that 2001 team, uh, what, 17 years ago, I guess, that was one of the best we had. It was. I think mm-hmm. we were first in the conference in mm-hmm. offense and defense, and they ran the ball down our throats that day, and we messed up a lot of scoring opportunities and mm-hmm. lost 34-32. Uh, we had the outscore him that night. We just didn't do it. Yeah, and, Travis, uh, Travis Henry had that big day right at Westfield, almost 200 yards. And yeah, he you. ran through us. Mm-hmm. Our, our defense gave up more rushing yards that mm-hmm. game. We didn't probably three or four together, but uh, that's where it worked out. Uh, I lost my last one as a Gator coach, but won my, my last one in the Swamp. So wow. Swamp's been awfully good to me, and uh, uh, I, I certainly love coaching here with, uh, with actually both teams. Now, listen, Coach, I don't know, but there seems to be some kind of jinx on quarterbacks. I don't know what it is. Ever since Johnny Brantley finished off and then, of course, uh, Tim Tebow, it's been a dry run. And you've heard this thousands of times, I know, just like I have. you got three statues out front of Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks, all sons of preachers, by the way, and, and your coach was the son of a preacher. Right? But what is going on here with the quarterback position at Florida, a place where it's known for quarterbacks, but nobody has been able to settle in. You lose them one way or the other. I mean, people are actually starting to talk about a jinx here. What's going on? No, no, there's no jinx. Uh, just like when we got here in 1990, the, our favorite uh, Gator expression was wait till next year. Mm-hmm. And, buddy, you remember that, don't you? I remember it very well. I heard it a lot longer before then. Yeah, I know. Doug Dickey, what, he introduced me up uh they gave me the General Nealon Award up there in Knoxville oh, three years ago or something yeah. like that. And he, he was up there and introduced me. He said, uh, at Florida, when I played in the 50s, we had back-to-back winning seasons uh, two of those 10 years. <laughs> People <laughs> call that the golden era of Florida football. Yeah. Yeah. And then, he, of course, he said after uh, Steve and the teams in the 90s, he said, we – finally realized that that's the golden era yeah. and of course Urban had some golden eras also mm-hmm. in his uh, uh six years here but uh anyway uh yeah we need to we need to get this uh swap back working for us and uh we need our, our gator team and quarterbacks and i don't know you know i don't know uh exactly what what all would help us here uh we had a bunch of quarterbacks that played very well starting with shane matthews and all the way down the line uh, but again, uh, we need to we need to worry about everything. We need to maybe run the ball better, and uh, you know our defense was not quite as good as normal last week. So we need to play a complete ball game before we're going to beat South Carolina. Steve, let me ask you about that as a coach. Forget about who team it is, but when you have a team coming off of a big game and where they spend it all they had on the goal line stand and couldn't get it done, and you have a situation where you come out against a Missouri team that nobody's even given two thoughts to, you had that happen to you like it happened to you the year you won the SEC and lost to FSU. It's a, that'll never happen again. The, the, the mentality of the team is a letdown to say, well, we can roll the ball out on the field and beat these guys. Is that one of the things that could have happened? Well, you certainly, uh, as coaches, uh, you, you never certainly feel that way, or you shouldn't, obviously. Uh, 
if one of their players said some of the guys had trouble getting up for the game, then that's that's a bad excuse. That's not a good one. I'm sure the coaches did not like uh, one of the players. I think saying that, but no, you have uh, buddy when you uh, when you play major college football, especially here in Florida. I mean, you want to win for yourself and uh, your teammates and your coaches, and uh, but you got to want to win for the fans and, uh, and the students and everybody in the ballpark. And you know, last week we had about what seventy-five thousand there, maybe eighty. And uh, I think Missouri had about four hundred, but they made more noise, they had more to yell about than we did. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, hopefully. Uh, uh, teams, uh, teams at major universities. I mean, they represent all of us, and uh, I try to always impress upon our players. We're going to be ready every game. I don't care if it's Slippery Rock or whoever comes in. Uh, we're going to be ready to play because we only have uh, six opportunities at home back then. Now we've got seven, and then you got 12 to 14, something like that in the entire season. So you should be ready to play. There's never, ever any excuse not being ready. You never lost to a non-Power 5 team either as a result. Uh, well, one more question about the offense. We're trying to put our arms around this and wrap our minds around the offensive thing. You talked about to me all the day about how it's changed. You know, you went through in South Carolina, Steve, you started to run the ball toward the end a lot more. <clears throat> and this changing offense since you've been studying tapes and looking at your new job, I want to ask you about that. As coach of the Apollos, you know, offenses have changed. Uh, in your mind, uh, is it, it, how has it changed, and what are the dynamics that you like? Some people say you got to go get a transfer quarterback. You never liked that, I know. But the, cha- the top teams have all gone and got a new quarterback. What can a team do when they're trying to get unstuck and get back on the track and recapture the, the, the fan base? Well, I think you said it there, buddy, about scoring points. Uh, football has changed a bit. Uh, now, obviously, we're fortunate. Uh, Danny Warfel years, shoot, uh, Shane Matthews, Doug Johnson, Jesse Palmer, Rex Grossman. Uh, we, we scored a bunch of points. We had receivers and quarterbacks that, that were good. And, and I think we knew how to pitch it around and, and score a lot of points. And, uh, you know, we, we did have some high scoring wins. Uh, and we've not had that here in I don't know how long since the Tebow years, I guess. Nine, I nine years. Tebow years. We sort of struggled around here. But anyway, uh, we're working on it. I know the coaching staff's working on it. And, uh, I, you know, we obviously all wish our wide receivers would get more balls and catch more. Uh, but it seems like we were just a little off last week. Uh, either the quarterback maybe his timing was uh, a little delayed and then pressure came and he was getting hit while he was throwing uh maybe he could have thrown a little sooner who knows but uh, anyway got to work on it got to do it in practice every day and just keep uh, trying that repetition repetition that's, that's how you become good at it yes yeah, steve uh, one more question about that before we talk about the apollos real quick thanks for spending time with us today on the program tonight on the program <clears throat> and that is uh, a <clears throat> Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of a coach keeping the team together, you've had some of this, uh, even you know, at South Carolina, you didn't have it, Florida. But toward the end of the season, when you're out of the contention for championships, playing for pride, whatever, sometimes players get thinking about other things like the draft, etc. How do you hold that together? There, are, you had Jadavian Clowney. That was a different situation completely. You had to deal with. How does a coach deal with those things off the field? to keep people focused and make people realize 
there are certain things, you, decisions to be made about a young man with a future in pro football. Uh, what do you do about that as a coach? Well, I tell you what I did, buddy. Uh, we had goals. Obviously, we set our goals at the beginning of the season, and usually hit Florida uh, uh, winning. Well, in '96, winning the national championship, and '95 was at the top of the list, and then uh, winning the SEC, winning 10, 11 games. Uh, winning the bowl game, beating FSU, which we had trouble doing, and then on down the line, and we even had one that's called winning season, and uh, and win the bowl game, win the bowl game. I used to say go to a bowl. That we'd go to the bowl and get beat. I said no, win the bowl game. So, so anyway, the bottom the bottom thing was winning season. I said guys, we might get a bunch of guys hurt. We might lose four one point games. So we're going to try to call back and have a winning season if it comes to that. Uh, but certainly, uh, our Gator team right now, gosh, we, we're still a uh, good possibility of 9-3 if, mm-hmm. if we play well and uh, maybe go to a, a really good bowl game. Maybe mm-hmm. a genuine one bowl game and uh, 10-3 would probably get us top 10 mm-hmm. in the nation. That was one of our goals you say all the time. Hey, top 10 in the nation yeah. is a good goal. Uh, so that was, uh, you know, you have a bunch of goals and uh, – if it goes bad, you still got something down there you can go for. Mm. So that's one thing we did. Mm. But basically, we just, oh, man, fellas, we represent uh, the University of Florida. We represent the president, the AD, and all the fans mm-hmm. and all the boosters. Uh, let's, let's, let's go play our best every week is yeah. uh, the main thing that uh, every coach really emphasizes. Worked out well. And, by the way, I won't put you on the spot, but just uh, I know Coach cool. Muller has to make this decision. But do you expect to see Felipe back under the center or back calling the single Saturday? Well, the trask hurt. You know, supposedly he got hurt in practice yesterday. Yeah, foot. His dad, his dad put that announcement out on Facebook. He broke his foot. He's out for the season. He's out. Okay. Well, he's out. So you got Emory Jones. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you so play Emory Jones? Take off the red shirt? What do you do, Steve, as a, from a coaching standpoint? I know you're not trying to tell Dan well, about how to coach his team, but no, what do you I'm do? Not gonna, I'm not going to. Suggest what he should do. Right. Uh, but obviously, he can play two out of the next uh, four. And uh, that's what we've got. Mm-hmm. We've got a bowl game and we got three regular season games. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether or not he wants him to play in all four of them, yeah. uh, that's his call. Uh, I, I'm not telling him what to do. So, uh, but I, he's definitely going to play in two. I'm not, I, yeah. we, can, we can almost all guarantee that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe let him play the. First two or something to see right. how it goes right. and go from there. There you go. But uh, Emory's a good player. I, I really liked watching him in preseason practice. And uh, at some point he's going to get a chance. It mm-hmm. might be this week or it might be later. I don't know. Maybe. Coach, a quick word on the Apollos and your new coaching job. You'll be going to a meeting soon, organizational. You start playing in, what, February? And so uh, just give us an update on that because some of us yeah, will be following a, that. We've got a little mini camp for about 70 players in the middle of uh, December down in Orlando. And then the month of January, uh, we're out in San Antonio. All eight teams are out there practicing. And I guess we'll practice against some of the teams out there a little bit. And then we start playing in February. But this is uh, – it's a it's an opportunity league. That's one way to look at it. We call ourselves a triple A of professional football. There you go. Play mm-hmm. February, like March, that. April. Mm-hmm. We have no interference with college, no interference with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I really believe college football and NFL are 
really pulling for us to be successful because mm. it is a developmental league. Right. If our guys are good enough to go to the big leagues after uh, this, then that's fine. We want them to do that. Right. And uh, it gives uh, so many young men that maybe just didn't make the NFL the opportunity to say, hey, I can play this game and give me an opportunity to do that. Right. So that's what we've got. Uh, I think it'll be a, a talented group of players. Uh, I was watching one of those NFL games the other night, and I told my wife, Jerry, I said, you see all those defensive backs right there? The Alliance, we'll have guys that look just like them. We, they run mm-hmm. just as fast. Now, some guys make the team, and some guys don't make the team. Simple as that. And who knows who's the best player? Sometimes NFL coaches, they, well, maybe I should have kept that guy, you know. So there's a, there's this very fine line between guys that make the NFL and guys that don't make it. Yeah. So this is uh, their opportunity to league and really opportunity for us coaches. Uh, most of all of us were out of coaching for yeah. a while, but yeah. we all got a track record. And some of these coaches are, are, are dang good coaches, as we know. Mike March that uh, led the St. Louis Rams, the, the greatest show on turf, they called it. Rick Novasel. <clears throat> and he's the coordinator and head coach of, of those teams mm-hmm. and uh, so forth. So uh, there's some, some good coaches, and uh, it's going to be a good product, I really believe. Well, our guy's going to be on the scene, Hunter Turner. You'll see him in this wheelchair rolling out there. He's the beat man for the Buddy Martin Show. So we'll be on it. Okay. We'll be down there. Can't wait to see some of the teams play and practice. Thanks for spending some time with us. Get this Gator team through this weekend. Let's see what can happen oh. in the future. Gator Nation folks need a little pick-me-up this weekend. Maybe they can give it to them. Yep. Yeah, it's a big game. Big game for, for Florida, big game for South Carolina. They're, they're trying to get bowl eligible. They're pretty close to it, I think, right now. So uh, it's, a, it's a big ball game. Okay? Coach Steve Spurrier, appreciate your time, Steve. Okay, buddy. Good talking to you. Steve Spurrier, head coach of the Apollos. Looking forward to seeing his team come together. We'll talk more about that next week. I want to tell you about right now, if I can, about um, our friends at All Florida Sportswear where you can get your Gator gear. All Florida Sportswear, a fan and a supporter of GNK, friend of uh, Dell Johnson's. Wasn't Dell Johnson great tonight? She's such a delightful person. And thank you to David Reese and for uh, uh, Michael Trask and all you parents coming on here tonight and sharing stuff with us uh, and, in, a, in a classy way. I've known some angry parents who don't uh, get mad at coaches and want to bet. These folks are all classy people. And uh, I just appreciate that about them. All right. So let me tell you a little bit about our friends at Renstar who do so many good things, not the least of which is the Renstar Star of the Week. This week is Tucker Woods from the Villages, a young man with a terrific grade point average. He's just playing on a, uh, a team that's uh, undefeated, first one in, in school history. They'll be first academy over the weekend. Uh, he's a first-team all 
a DAC academic with a 4.7 GPA. He now is one of the finalists for the Scott Bradley Trophy. And we'll tell you more about that as we go along the way. I have those eight finalists written down here somewhere. We'll get to those. If not tonight, then tomorrow morning on Football Friday. Don't forget, it's morning tomorrow. Uh, and Red Star Medical Research, which is an organization that does a lot in our community, including sponsoring uh, the Red Star Star of the Week in high school football. Uh, Red Star, of course, is known as a superior medical research facility located in Ocala with a proven reputation and high-quality patient-centered clinical research. Uh, they bring cutting-edge technology to research trials for Alzheimer's disease, fibrobiologists, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraines, etc., along with many other conditions that affect our community. So uh, if you'd like to know more about these clinical research studies that are regulated by the FDA and they're closely monitored by an independent review board, you can call them in Ocala at 352-629-5800, or you can go on to the online to www.renstar.net. And uh, look it up, and uh, you can see what they mean when they say, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Renstar Medical Research, a superior medical research facility. And one more to go before we say goodnight, wrapping it up here with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about restaurants and foods. Uh, oh, boy, it just kills me every night when I put it up. Love me some Mark's Prime right there. Uh, that's just Those are just two of the many dishes they have. I put this up, it represents two things, steakhouse and seafood. They have the beautiful steaks you see on the right, and the left is the shrimp scampi, one of many dishes that you can get there. They have group rate, all kinds of good seafood. Uh, and their goal is to give you a unique dining experience, which you often always have when you go there. They want you to feel the way coming with a, back with a palate that's been pleased and feel like you've had a good dining experience. So we hope to see you soon at uh, Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood located in Ocala and Gainesville. In Gainesville, call ahead for reservations 352-336-0077. Ocala 352-402-0097. Ask about their gift cards. And holiday season is a great buy. You get a nice discount. Go online to MarksPrimeSteakhouse.com and find out why they say Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, where you get a unique dining experience that will please your palate and soothe your soul. Okay, one more time with the tickets. Somebody's going to get them tomorrow between 11 and 12 right here. So be listening. I'm not going to hunt you down. If you don't, if you win them, you'll have to see, look at the show and, and, and PM us back and tell us uh, information how to get the tickets because we're not going to be able to express them. If you want to go, you have to come here and get them uh, either Saturday morning, which is the best time, at our tailgate spot, or you'll have to figure out how to come by and pick them up. So uh, if you're the winner, you get four tickets. You get a parking pass. And you have the right to go dine in the Touchdown Terrace. I don't know what that's worth, but I can tell you it's right at probably, what, three, four, five, six, seven, probably $800, $900 worth of stuff right here, giving away thanks to my friend at Central State Bank, Tom Ingram. Appreciate that very much, allowing us to give it away. Called me up and said, I got these tickets, buddy. Do you want to give them away to your listeners and viewers? I said, Absolutely. So we got them, and all you got to do is in 30 words or less, go to the thread that started out here, and you can do this during the night, tomorrow, during the show. Tell us about staying loyal to the kingdom, whatever that means to you. Give me anything. Staying loyal to the kingdom, and put it on here, post it, 30 words or less, and we will judge 
the winner tomorrow will get those tickets, all right? Good luck. should be a lot of fun. should be a good day. should be good weather. Uh, and uh, it's going to rain tomorrow. It's going to rain Saturday? I don't think so. Looking forward to seeing a lot of my GNK friends. Mr. Len Tindall, I'm hoping to get up there because I hear you may have a birthday. Uh, and if I can get by in time, I might even go up to his tailgate. But we'll see how that works out. Appreciate Len for all he does, along with all of you. Uh, you listeners and viewers and to the folks tonight who tuned in. We had a nice crowd tonight. So I'll say thank you for that. I'll say good night to you. Don't forget, Football Friday, 11 a.m. tomorrow.